From Los Angeles, California, this is Burncast, and I'm the bomb. In today's episode, we meet with artist and researcher Ivy to discuss Fashioning Community, an art project and exhibit she's developing for Burning Man 2006. According to her blog, Fashioning Community is inspired by the ideas of costume as art and traditional costume museum exhibits. The idea is to set up a dense forest of mannequin figures, each dressed in an example of a certain aspect of what she has come to find makes up Burning Man's style. But it doesn't stop there. Each outfit not only has a Burning Man story, but a personal one, and usually one that reflects community. However, as Ivy began to start collecting materials for this project, she found that the figures, the mannequins, also had histories and stories of their own to tell. For those playing the three-playa community drinking game at home, it was Ivy's intention to make this episode of Burncast the most inebriating celebration of community to date. My name's Ivy, and I'm doing a project for Burning Man this year. It's entitled Fashioning Community. And for those of you playing the uh, three-playa drinking game at home, there's going to be a lot of drinking involved in today's podcast episode. In fact... <laughs> and our friend Jack... Ooh! <laughs> God! Jack and Jose are here with us today, so... Very fashionably. and uh, <laughs> So, yeah, that's cute. I mean, I've been promoting the three-ply community drinking day yes. since we started these podcasts. Do you want to school our audience? <laughs> what the hell is a three-ply community drinking game? I think a lot of people don't even know what three-ply is. I don't think we can catch up to all those C-words you just said. <laughs> <laughs> to the best of my knowledge, since we've been drunk since it happened, the three-ply is an online message forum that started in a reaction to the direction that the e-ply, the official Burning Man forum, went. People didn't like the new look of the E-Playa, so they started their own with duocracy and all those other buzzwords that we're not drinking for. And so we thought of ourselves of a group of people with similar interests that <laughs> a synonym might also start with C. <laughs> we begin into these debates about what are our definitions of community and what did it mean to be a part of this group and how, how we should respond to certain situations and other situations and drama and blah 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 and people were just saying the words so damn much mm-hmm. that's I don't remember exactly who started it but every time we started typing that word mm-hmm. we would write drink after it or mm-hmm. we would also write defrink which was our drunken way of typing drink drink <laughs> yeah so how did uh, the word fashion community <laughs> uh oh <laughs> how did that get into the title of your project the basic concept of the project is I've been going to Burning Man this will be my fifth year this year and I've had a long history of interest in fashion and costume design. I've been sewing since I was an inch tall. <laughs> my grandmother sewed our clothes, and my mom sewed our clothes, and we made all our Halloween costumes. And so when I went to Burning Man, it was a huge avenue opened up for me as far as costumes and design. And it was just like, look at all this amazing stuff and art as costume, and people just free to wear whatever they wanted to wear. And you start noticing trends. And I confess, the way I first started noticing trends was in a snarky way. <laughs> you start seeing these same women with braids in their hair and the right, same right. skimpy little lingerie and the fishnets and everything. But you start thinking to yourself, or at least I did, why are people wearing these same things? Why do these trends keep recurring? And some things are obvious. You're wearing a hat and goggles because you're in the desert. Yeah. You're wearing a sarong because it's hot. Yeah. There's clearly things that are obvious why 
people, multiple people wear them. But then it's like, well, why are you wearing fishnets in the middle of the desert? Like, what is this? So I was interested in doing research and investigating and looking through photos of old Burning Man costumes and putting together... My original idea was actually to do a book about Burning Man costume, and I may or may not still do that, about history, evolution, and why people wear what they wear. So I started researching why human beings wear what they wear and what is the point of clothing and things like that. And I started wondering, like, how can I share this with people besides a book? Because a book will take a long time to produce, and it'll be several years down the line before this came out. And I was really, really excited about the idea. Ironically, like, two days after the grant application deadline, this <laughs> brilliant idea came to me. Yes. <laughs> yes. And uh, I wanted to do something about the history and the reasons why we wear at Burning Man what we wear. And my original thought was, in fact, a fashion show. Fashion shows have been done every year at Center Camp since a about, I think, 96, mm-hmm. possibly before that. 96 was the first big theme camp year. People started wearing crazy formal wear, crazy costumes, Burning Man, approximately 92, and there's a whole story behind that. There's actually a really nice essay on the Burning Man website about oh. Burning Man costume. And I'm like, okay, people are doing fashion shows. Fashion shows are very transitory, and the nature of the event itself is, of course, transitory, but I didn't want to do something that was an event, that people had to be at at a certain time to participate in, you know, and had to work into their schedule and it's playa time and like all this kind of stuff. So I thought, what's a way that I can share this with people without them having to be at a certain place at a certain time or just wearing something down the street? Because obviously Burning Man is a fashion show all the time. And I thought, where I work, I actually work at a specialty fashion library and we have a museum component and they do exhibits like history of uh, costume and film and things like that. Right, didn't they do Star Wars? They did Star yeah. Wars, right, um, recently. And they do um, the Academy Awards every year, mm-hmm. nominated costumes. And so I thought, I should do an exhibit, something like that. And they put these clothes out on display on mannequins and stuff and I thought, that's what I should do. Like, how cool would that be? Like, in the middle of Burning Man, this, you know, giant playa, it's open space and it's these crazy mannequins standing there in full-on Burning Man regalia. Then part of it, too, is this juxtaposition of these different outfits next to each other that show you, like, yeah, there's people walking down the street in their fishnets and little shorts, and you see that, and you're like, oh, yeah, Burning Man. And, <laughs> but then you see that next to, you know, the fire spinner in the leather pants and the woman in the tutu and the guy in the prom dress, and it all starts to come together that with all these mannequins together in a big group, like, the impact of seeing so much of it, you're like, wow, there is, there actually is a Burning Man fashion. Like, I think people don't think about that a lot. Mm-hmm. I think people are like, yeah, Burning Man, crazy costumes, that's cool. But I don't think people are, are realizing that there there is actually a sub-sub-sub-cultural style mm-hmm. that is Burning Man style. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of research going right now as far as subculture styles. They call it the new subcultural style is style surfing, com- taking elements from each style that you like and mixing them, mm-hmm. which is pretty anathema, like, even 20 years ago, mm-hmm. which is very Burning Man. Is that what cosplay is? Cosplay is kind of different. Cosplay is... uh, I'm not very knowledgeable about cosplay, but to the best of my knowledge, is kind of more close to role-playing games. Oh, okay. And it's the anime thing, and people dress as their characters, like real life. The manga. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Which you definitely see influences from. Mm -hmm. I mean, as much as you see influences from punks and hippies and crazy skaters and psychedelic tie-dye. I mean, you're definitely seeing influences from everything. But it's this mishmash and conglomeration of taking what you like. Like, I like the leather bustier, and I also like the tutu. Mm-hmm. Let's put them together, you know? <laughs> I noticed in your blog, for your project, you talk about, I got my first crinoline today. Yes. When did <laughs> crinolines become the thing? I have been trying to figure that out. We were sitting, we would sit around in camp last year and count 
as they went by down uh -huh. the street. And part of the reason I started noticing them is I have this pet peeve. I've studied ballet and costume design, and people call them tutus, and they're not tutus. And so it's like it's just, I, it gets under my skin, and I've been on rants on, on the e-playa and stuff about it. And so everyone's like, oh, that's my tutu. I'm like, it's not a tutu, it's a crinoline. <laughs> so all my friends know not to mix up their tutus. But I, I have to tell you, do you know about the story about how when Shy Guy and I did our first podcast, how we showed up on oh, a Tuesday? Oh, in tutus. Yeah. And they, the whole office was wearing tutus. Well, I put it on the e-ply calendar for Burning Man this year. <laughs> that Tuesday at Burning Man is Tutu Tuesday. And, honey, I got myself a crinoline, and I'm calling it a tutu. <laughs> well, I have three tutus, so if you need to borrow one. Oh, okay. But remember, Tuesday on the play is <laughs> Tutu Tuesday. I would love to uh, participate in that. I have I have four because I have the one that Foam made for me as well. And let me just say, it's Tutu Tuesday in solidarity for community. community. <laughs> I'm not sure that it started out that way, but people throw this word around a lot. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't mean the same thing to anyone. Mm -hmm. But people are throwing it out there, and it's a buzzword. And it makes you aware mm -hmm. of just how often people are throwing that word around without realizing it, without knowing what it means without repercussions because there are there are significant demands on that word mm -hmm. there's significance to it and if you don't know if you're just using it lightly for marketing purposes for marketing, yeah or or without thinking i'm one of the things I, w I was just talking about recently that for instance like andy grace would say on the three play it was you know this burner community <laughs> like but what ties all these people together their only tie is they all go to burning man which is fine Mm -hmm. That's all good and well and mm -hmm. respectable, and uh, but there's something more than that. So she's using that word just to mean people who go to Burning Man, whereas in our circle we might be using it to mean three playas or mm -hmm. Gigsville mm -hmm. or people who worked on this art car or people who attended this event mm -hmm. or people I work with. It, it means a lot of different things depending on context and depending on your personal interpretation. So when she's saying this word and we're saying this word, the, the definitions are not matching, and that's where a lot of miscommunication starts to happen, mm -hmm. and people start getting all up in arms, and, you know... Well, we were talking about something. Now I got distracted. Okay. With too much drinking. Yeah. We were talking about three-playa. I was asking about trends. I was asking about tutus and boot Oh, the, the crinoline thing. Yeah. Yeah, and we would, we would count them every oh. day. I think one day I got up to 76, I think. We should make that a drinking game. Every time we see a crinoline. I don't have a crinoline because I'm a tutu girl myself. <laughs> so, but I thought, this exhibit is not about me per se, it's about Burning mm -hmm. Man. Right. So I had to get a crinoline. So I bought one on eBay, which is the best place to get a crinoline. Really? <laughs> as far as I've been told. I looked around and I asked people I knew who had crinolines for Burning Man and everybody told me eBay. So I got a crinoline on eBay, $20. With shipping? With shipping. Oh yeah, that is a deal. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I put it on the mannequin and uh, thankfully it's a size too small for me so I will not be tempted. <laughs> but, so I bought a hoop. The, <laughs> you bought one of Alana's hoops at yes. the costume exchange, which was one of my main reasons for going. Okay. I had a mannequin. I didn't know what I was going to put on her. It's a weird, delicate balance having a group of outfits and having a group of mannequins and picking which one goes on which mm -hmm. one, depending on the pose, the sex of the mannequin, and other things. Depending where the stand goes in the mannequin, some attach to the base of their foot, mm. some attach in their butt. Mm -hmm. So if you have one that needs to wear shoes, you have to have one with a stand that goes in the butt, <laughs> stuff like that. It's like I have this crazy spreadsheet that says, you know... Who knew that, like, putting up an exhibit of clothes at Burning Man would be so, like, need so much organizational detail? Yeah. So I had this mannequin, and for the longest time, I was like, I can put this on her, but it didn't look right. And I put this on her, it didn't look right. And I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to do with her. And she was standing there one day, 
and I forget, I was talking to a friend of mine and I was like, she's got like her hand, one hand kind of up on her hip and one kind of, and, and her hips kind of cocked and I was like, she kind of looks like she's hula hooping. And I'm like, and I don't have a hooper yet. And that's kind of a, yeah. a prominent fashion trend. You yeah. see people carrying hoops all the time. And I see a lot of pictures with the fishnet tights and the bra and mm -hmm. the shorts with, and they're hula hooping. And I thought that could work with her pose if I get a hoop. So I saw they were for sale at the costume exchange. And I thought, well, head on down there. I'll take some of my old clothes, mm -hmm. see, see what kind of cool stuff I can get. Because as I was saying earlier, that's a community event too. See, I'm, I suck at this game. <laughs> What's a C event? Uh, this was a costume event. <laughs> and so, you know, loan, getting outfits on loan from other people, getting materials, mm. wigs, accessories from other Burning Man related events, like tying all these things together. They didn't just come from me. Yeah. This is not an exhibit of my costume art. This is an exhibit that's it's collaborative, collaborative, yeah. contributed to by a great many people. Someone without even knowing it, someone who left their wig there, might, you know, they'll see it at Burning Man and they'll be like, "That was my wig!" You know? <laughs> they'll be all excited. So I bought a hoop and I took it home. Do all your mannequins have names? They do. Oh, they do, and they most of them have some sort of wacky story behind them. That's actually how I kind of started my website in the first place. What's your website? Um, it's hosted at Dreamtimers.net. And you can click on the link for fashioning. <laughs> Fashion. <laughs> you look for the words fashioning and, and extrapolate oh, here, from Here, I'll do it. Fashioning, you're looking for a fashioning community. Oh, but see, I have to drink too. Oh. <laughs> I'm sorry to everybody at home. <laughs> so this may be the, I hope, I'm, my goal is the most drunken podcast in your history <laughs> so far. So you can click on the link. There's a, a blog basically about my progress mm -hmm. on the project so far. And it's... Obviously, the project started with collecting mannequins, for the okay. most part. And I started looking on Craigslist and on eBay, and I started going to pick up these mannequins and meeting the people who had them and telling me a little bit about them. And most of them were in very, very bad shape, um, which is why they're so cheap. Because I was looking for mannequins on the cheap. For those of you at home who may not know, the cheapest new mannequins run around $150. I don't have the budget to pay Well, $150. like the ones we see at, like, in the stores? Displays, wow. right? And that's the bottom end. And I've done a lot of research on mannequins now too I mean you're talking about the ones that look like a human being yes okay yeah I'm not there are different types of mannequins there are ones that just look like dress forms I was looking for ones with arms and legs and uh, most of the time heads and faces so they generally start around $150 so I was looking for $50 mannequins the cheaper the better yeah uh, I got some mannequins for like a case of beer from some guy on the e-playa no I mean, kidding yeah. oh yeah so all these mannequins have stories one of my favorite ones is I bought a mannequin on eBay for $40 and I only buy mannequins on eBay if they let me pick them up because it's just too expensive to, to ship, ship them, them. Yeah. yeah so I go down to Santa Ana to pick up this mannequin and the guys are like the guy's really nice and we go in the back to see the mannequin and she's gorgeous she's beautiful like pristine condition wig Everything's like, you can have the wig, you can have the stand, all this stuff. And I was like, do you mind if I ask why you're selling her? You know, because I'm thinking in my head, you could have listed her for $150 easy on eBay and people yeah. would have bid up from that. And he goes, well, you know, you have them around in your house and you get bored and you start talking to them. And I was like, yeah, I know, I have a couple in my living room too. And so I'm like, yeah, I can relate to that. I have a couple, you know, and I, I don't, I say hi to them when I get home or something. And he's like, well, you know, she started talking back. And I could not tell if he was joking or if he was serious. And I was like, oh. And he was like, and she was a real smart ass and like all this stuff. She had an attitude problem. And I was like, okay, we'll just, we'll put her in the car now. Here's your money. And it was just, it was, it was a little weird. Is, <laughs> is she talking to you now? She has not talked to me. No. 
But my mom was over there one day, and I, so I asked my mom to talk to her. No reports. So if somebody were listening to this podcast and had a mannequin at home and wanted to help you out with your project, are you taking any more mannequins? I possibly might be. I, I would love it if they sent me an email and we could talk about it. There are a few things I'm looking for um, in terms of accessories and outfit-wise. I would really love, my dream would be, for someone maybe who's not going to Burning Man this year to loan me a Utilikilt. Because I, I just don't have, I don't own one. I don't have the money mm -hmm. to buy one just for this project, and I would feel bad buying one just for this project. Um, and all my friends that own one, own utilities are wearing them. It's to fashion. It is Burning Man fashion. And it's definitely a huge contingent, and I'm willing to leave a deposit or pay for a replacement if something bad happens to it. I'm not looking for a handout. I'm not looking for a free utility um, But if someone has one who's not going this year and isn't mm -hmm. going to wear it for that week, you know, and I could borrow it, that would be awesome. Okay, and where I, I'm curious now that you have all this loot <laughs> and a, maybe perhaps a utility kilt, where is it going to be? Is it going to be an open playa? We're trying to get space on the Esplanade. Okay. Some of the outfits are on loan, so I don't feel comfortable leaving them out on the open playa without someone there kind of keeping an eye on them all the time. Yeah. And also, the other big thing is the interaction and the storytelling is really key to this project. Mm -hmm. If it's out there on the open playa with no context, I feel mm -hmm. like it loses a lot. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, they're great outfits, and I'm like, oh, that's really neat. But until you start getting the stories, the group of people that I camp with... Who do you camp with? I camp with a camp called Dreamtime. This, I believe, will be their third year out on the playa. And their overall theme, um, they have little variations on it every year, has been storytelling. And when I started thinking about what outfits to use for this project, obviously we're all dreamers and we want to dream big and have an unlimited budget, but... <laughs> Right. Reality sets in. So a lot of the outfits I'm pulling um, from things I already own or friends are loaning me things. All these outfits, because I'm familiar with them, have stories to them. But until you start getting the stories behind the wedding and the belly dance costume and the marching band uniform and the mannequin with the slug coming out of her ear and, you know, stuff like that, then you really lose a lot of context, I think. And honestly, part of it is for me. I've always been a very shy person and my goals at Burning Man have always been to interact with more people and talk to more people. And the projects I've done in the past, especially last year, due to extenuating circumstances, I've tried these projects to be more social, and they failed. And my car broke down, and like all this other crazy stuff happened. But so it's really a goal of mine to talk to more people. And so I'm hoping people will come in and just we'll just start talking about stuff, and maybe we'll start talking about other stuff, you know, in the meantime. But it's that interaction that I'm, I'm really conversation, kind of, conversation, kind of pushing my own boundaries mm -hmm. in that regard. Mm -hmm. So I I, I want to keep it in our camp, and we want prominence, um, so we're asking to be on the Esplanade, obviously we won't hear mm -hmm. what happens until they do the map. We don't get placement on the Esplanade, well, I don't know where we're going to set up. Another reason we wanted to be on the Esplanade um, is because there's so many, there's this whole thing, there's too many rave camps on the Esplanade, it's too much of a carnival, there's too, and we kind of wanted to combat that, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and offer something. I have nothing wrong with the rave camps or the nighttime camps or anything like that. There's definitely other camps. There's been Bollywood on the Esplanade, which I think is great. Uh, Costco mm -hmm, trading mm -hmm. outlet has been on the Esplanade a number of years. Great stuff. Camp. I wanted to offer something like those camps, daytime, and ours is daytime and nighttime activity. The the mannequins would be lit up at night. I'm I'm currently, my latest thought is working on some sort of EL wire costume maybe for one of the mannequins. I don't mm -hmm. know if I'll have time mm -hmm. to get that in. Mm -hmm. Time is kind of crunching right now. Now, in your research, I'm really curious, because how I got to know you better was you came to the second annual costume exchange, right. and when I was donating my costumes to the event, I was going through, like, I'd pull a piece out and go, oh, I wore this in 1999, oh, I wore this in 2000, 
And so I was starting to realize in my own style trends that I won't repeat. It yeah. was, it, are there trends that have gone through Burning Man in your research of costumes? It's interesting. One of the hardest things about doing research on Burning Man fashion is um, I've been through pretty much every photo on the official Burning Man website, and they have a, a, a halfway decent tagging system. I think I think it's good for what people for most people are only searching by year or by photographer or a general concept. Mm-hmm. You can't really put in costume and bring up Burning Man photos. So I went through and I kind of skimmed. I just kind of scanned and to see what people were wearing. And um, most of the photos I've found on the official Burning Man website are more focused on the art than on the people. Mm-hmm. And the people that were chosen to be included, their photographs, were very, very outrageous, flamboyant costumes. Very much, I think there's two aspects. Mm-hmm. There's costume as art, mm-hmm. as a significant art form. And then there's everyday wear. It's kind of like comparing like a, like couture to like maybe ready to wear or streetwear yeah, or something like yeah, that. Yeah. There's stuff like even me, I'm at Burning Man, I gotta go to the Porta John's in the morning, I put on my sarong. But when I'm going out to burn night, I'm gonna put on my full on stilts and my wings and my you know, all that kind yeah. of stuff. So the pictures that I found on the Burning Man website are mostly these flamboyant, really outrageous pieces of art, which are great but it doesn't show a lot of the everyday wear. And so those pictures have been a lot harder to find. So I started looking on the rest of the internet, and let me tell you, if you put Burning Man photos into Google, you're going to get like 50 million matches. So that's been an ordeal, and I haven't quite come up with any good conclusions yet since I'm also working full-time and going to school. Mm -hmm. I don't have... I wish I had more time Mm -hmm. to devote to that kind of intensive research. That's why I said the book might take several years. Mm -hmm. But definitely, the costume as art is just amazing. There are things that I think of, and it's interesting because the three that come to my mind a lot were made by people that I now know, Mm -hmm. that I didn't know at the time when I saw the outfits, and I did not get to know because of the outfits. The three costumes that... Yeah, and one is the spork dress. Uh, I've got... (laughs) uh, If we can get a picture of that spork dress... I believe there's one on the Burning Man website. That is the most amazing thing I have ever seen. And then the hat? Yeah, with with the little mice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I believe they have a picture of it on uh, yourpsychogirlfriend.com as well, (laughs) which is their new fashion line. I feel like I'm, like, plugging it, but... <laughs> it, that's where it is. Okay. So, and, okay. And they do some other cool stuff there too. But um, and I did not know Spork at the time. I met her later, and I didn't even make the connection mm-hmm. that that was her for mm-hmm. a really long time. Mm-hmm. Another one is the Buckethead Aliens. Oh. They're silver jumpsuits with big buckets for heads and uh, <laughs> bucket big buckets on the uh, platforms of their shoes, all spray painted silver. And I'm like, wow, that's so cool. <laughs> and um, we actually ended up having a bucket in our camp last year and I had no idea so I got I met him and then I was like oh my gosh you're the buckethead aliens <laughs> and then another one is is your flower dresses oh okay because I always saw those Thank I believe you. there's an orange one there's and you an have the one. shoes that match because it's the whole <laughs> you can tell that someone put a lot of work into these outfits but there's a concept behind them um, the buckethead aliens are just cool alien looking beings but spork you know her name was spork so she's a spork thing you know yeah. but you can tell there's a whole um concept and thought and there's accessories and everything that went it's a whole outfit it's not just a dress it's not just a cool pair of shoes that people are like oh i bought this cool pair of shoes i'm wearing to burning man there's a whole thought put into it and it really is like a painting or a sculpture or something else that people took the time to put this together look to every detail and fine craftsmanship too has always been close to my heart i mean i love 
DIY. I love do-it-yourself. I've taught how to make your own fur coat workshops, and I've had people from, who had never sewed before in their life to, you know, expert uh, seamstresses and, and tailors and help them all, and everybody is at a different skill level, and mm -hmm. if you can make whatever you can make, it's beautiful. Mm -hmm. um, but I do have a special place in my heart for fine craftsmanship. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so when I see outfits like that that are well put together, they, to me that's, that's the art of Burning Man. And there's another interesting one. Um, I believe they even got a grant for it this year. The Mantis is uh, it's a stilt creature. So it's kind of costume and kind of sculpture. And um, they did, I believe they did the Mini Man last year, the same uh, people. And they're doing like a praying Mantis okay. year and it's all lit with EL wire. And I'm like, is it costume? Is it art? Is it costume? Is it sculpture? Like, yeah. you know, it's when you start bridging those lines and seeing what people come up with, it's it's pretty amazing to watch. I think. What do you think of the piss clear and, and Adrian's fashion uh, I edition? I loved it. I was looking for my copy to bring today, but I have to say that somehow, subconsciously, that must have inspired me because. We would make fun of the crinolines walking by, counting them as they went by, and the people in the leather pants and stuff like that. And so when I saw that issue, I was like, they, they just nailed it. It was great. I, I still have it. I don't think I kept any of the other issues, but I still have that one. And I actually went back to look at it when I was doing some research and stuff and looking at it. And it, it cracks me up every time I see it. Is shirt no pants, is that a costume? <laughs> I suppose. <laughs> What's your take on that? I, I think it has to be considered part of the Burning Man fashion trend. <laughs> it, it has to by by just the sheer nature of whenever you say that, people immediately recognize it. <laughs> people are talking about it everywhere. And so just the fact that so many people, that, that stereotype so many people know about, it's definitely a Burning Man trend, too, because it obviously... Stereotypes start from somewhere. Yes, they do. I agree. So the whole piss clear thing, making fun of the stereotypes, obviously that has to start from somewhere. And so the, just the fact that there's so many jokes about the shirt cocker and the, <laughs> the, the shirt with no pants, and the, it comes up so often and so much that it has to have some validity to it. And like uh, along the same vein, I was like, I was like, am I really on track with this project? Like maybe my idea of what's pop popular. Um, is different than what other people are seeing. I love the Playoilicious Playwear trial. Yeah, 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 I've learned some stuff there. So I was following it for a while, and someone did some sort of thread like, I'm new to Burning Man, and what should I wear? Mm -hmm. And I can't remember if it was a guy or a girl, or both, or whatever. But and the, like, the very first things that people started suggesting were like, sarong, utilicilt, mm -hmm. like, and things that I had already decided mm -hmm. to include in the project, mm -hmm. like tutu, and like, and I'm like, okay, I'm not off base. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, if people are suggesting this because they're seeing it all the time and suggesting it as suggested Burning Man costume, then I can't, I'm not that far off, you know? know? So I thought that was really interesting that I would, I read this thread and it was like everything they named was like, oh my gosh, I have that, I have that, I have that. <laughs> I was like... Do you, do you have any advice for people, um, how to costume or how to dress for Burning Man? Like, what would you tell people? Wear what you want and wear what's comfortable. <laughs> I like pockets. I like outfits with I pockets. I love pockets. Yeah, I think, I think it's awesome when people, I think it's awesome when people do their own thing. 
when people... I think there's definitely a lot of inspiration, like, you see, say you see a hula hooper, and she's really good, and she's really hot, and she's got, like, the lingerie and the fishnets or whatever, and you're like, wow, that's really cool, I'm gonna do that too, but you don't put your own spin on it, mm -hmm. you just copy it, and that's where these stereotypes kind of start happening, and that's where, it, but if you take that and say, like, I'm gonna do that, but I'm gonna do it in blue, and add this, and add some flowers, and add, and make it, make it a mermaid, I don't know, Yeah. And kind of put your own spin on it, I mean, I was a creative writing major, and that was the key, like, that I learned in all my workshops, there's only, they say there's two plots, I say there's only one plot. They say there's love and the quest, the romantic story and the, and the quest. Finding yourself, finding the treasure, finding whatever. I say love is a quest. But so there's, there's only one plot in the world. How can there be so many different stories? And how can there be so many different short stories and novels and movies and everything if they're all the same? Because people put their own spin on it. You do it in the characters, you do it in the setting, you set it back in time, you set it in the future, you have a really strong female lead. Something is, you're somehow putting your own spin on it. Clothes are clothes, but somehow you gotta put your own spin on it. Uh, a dress is a dress. A man puts on a dress, there's a spin. You know, <laughs> yeah. not so much anymore at Burning Man, but in general. So, a man in a dress is typical and you put your own spin on it some other way. Maybe you wear it with a tux jacket, I don't know. You know, that's where the creativity starts to come in. It's not necessarily about making your own costume from scratch, although I really do like that just because of my background, my personal opinion. Mm -hmm. It's just about putting your own spin on something. If you could dress the man any way you want, what, how would you dress him? Well, if I was going to dress the man in Burning Man fashion, he would have to have big platform boots, <laughs> like cyberpunk goth mm -hmm. with like the five inch uh, platforms, leather pants, leather pants, because the man's, fi man's on fire. He's okay. a fire, fire artist. Okay. You know? But then, we have to give a nod to the tutu, the crinoline. So he's got to wear that too. <laughs> okay. So he's got... And you know the dress over pants look is very Layers, in. I love so, that look. It hides all sorts of flaws. No, he definitely, he's got to have some fur. So he's got to have his big fur pimp coat on. <laughs> and he needs a cowboy hat with his goggles on the brim. Oh, God. Lit up with EL wire around the edge that blinks. And maybe something on the back that says, like, the man, and it flashes with his EL wire. I, I think that would be the man in stereotypical Burning Man wear. Well, thank you very much for coming. <laughs> I really appreciate your time. It was a lot of fun. I'm glad you came to the costume exchange. And it was a great time. Glad you had a good time. Thank you very much. Should we have one last drink? Sure. To community. Community. <laughs> that was Ivy talking about her latest project for Burning Man 2006 entitled Fashioning Community. For more information about Ivy's project, visit our website, www.burncast.net. You have been listening to Burncast, a podcast spreading the flames about the art, culture, and community of Burning Man. We'd like to thank Shano for creating our beautiful new logo and to Dharma Tornado for his help as well. Special thanks to Lecter at nospectators.com for hosting these podcasts.